You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, I have returned from Chicago, from the Windy City, where it snowed and rained on me all day on Sunday, and my son and I nearly made it back unscathed. I, unfortunately, had a physical uh, altercation, not not a fight, not a fight. Physical altercation makes it sound worse than it is, but basically, I had the unfortunate incident of running into another human being, and their head made contact with my mouth, and I had a tooth busted out, so that is exciting for me. It's, it's hockey playoff time, so you're just getting into the, the swing of things. That is true. And you know what? Since you brought that up, I was going to save this for the end of the show, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now. Now, let me paint a picture. Obviously, big Lightning fan, but I have I have my playoff beard. Granted, I have not trimmed or cut my beard since October of last year. Okay, there's a lot of growth that has gone on here. Now, I'm going to ask the Lightning fans in our audience to try to change up the mojo prior to, as you're listening to this, tonight's pivotal game four where they're either going to get swept by the freaking Blue Jackets or they're going to have a miraculous turnaround. Do I shave off the beard? Do I get rid of the playoff beard so that it hits the reset button on this superstition? So... David, I'm going to need you to put that poll up on Twitter. Does James shave off the playoff beard before game four to change the fortunes of the lightning? What do you think? Does it come off? I will definitely post that. However, I feel like no matter what the result is, we need photographic evidence with you smiling nice and big for the camera. I'm not going to smile nice and big for the camera, but I will. It's the perfect hockey picture. Absolutely Man. not. It's it's supposed to happen. I mean, I'm so unbelievable. The, the universe made this happen for a reason, and that reason is to inspire the Tampa Bay Lightning. I am so unbelievably embarrassed and self conscious about this right now that no, I am not going to publicly post a picture of my missing tooth from my <laughs> face hitting some lady's head. I mean, if that ever happened to me, I would post a picture of it. Well, you are a braver man than I. But anyway, let's we'll we'll hear from we'll hear from the the fellow hockey fans in our audience as to whether or not the playoff beard comes off early. You know, I did this last year when the Lightning went down two games to none to Washington, and I mm-hmm. shaved off the beard, went back to my normal goatee look, and they won three straight, but then lost the series. So I don't know. Anyway, because you didn't shave again. I'm not going to shave it completely. I haven't been clean shaven since I was like 15. I'm, I'm just saying they won three straight. And then you didn't shave again. And they were like, oh, I guess he doesn't care anymore. So they just lost it. Well, see, I shaved it off. They won three straight while my oldest was on a field trip in Washington, D.C. with his school. Then he came back and they lost the last two. I tried to 
fly him to to Washington D.C. during the game, <laughs> just to immediately get on a flight and come back. He just needed to be back there for that game, but his mom wouldn't go for it. But anyway, enough of our digressions and and silly stories. We have serious business to talk about, David, because there have been mm-hmm. things happening since I've been gone that we have not been able to cover. Right? Yeah. Um, the answer is no. Lots of things happening. Nothing has happened. So before we really dive deep into nonstop draft talk with the draft coming up next week, David and I talked about this on the last episode. In honor of Avengers Endgame coming out April 26th, we're going to go ahead and do our Avengers-themed show. So what we're going to do, similar to those of you that listen to the uh, Butts, Bucks and Nuts podcast with uh Derek and Evan they took Game of Thrones characters and compared them to players on the current roster so no Kenny Bell David and so we are going mm. to take Avengers and compare them to current Buccaneers players and we can even extend it a little bit into the coaching staff we'll have a little leeway we can go into the coaching staff okay but we're we're only talking about players that survived the snap. Okay. So we're not talking black Panther. We're not talking Spider-Man also spoiler alert, but I mean, that movie's been out for over a year. So that's on you. If you don't know which superhero survived the snap. So David, our list of players, or I'm sorry, our list of, of heroes is going to start with the man himself. And it has to be captain America. He is, the captain. He is the anchor of the Avengers. He is what drives them as much as Tony Stark slash Iron Man tries to be the leader. We all know that the true heart and soul of the Avengers is one Steve Rogers slash Captain America. And to me, that embodies Jameis Winston. I mean, I know it's the obvious pick, but he is the heart and soul. You could have made the case for Quan Alexander. You know, we always heard he was the heart and soul of the team at the locker room and the defense, all that. But now the the captain has to stand up. He's got the coach behind him very publicly. It's his time to rise up and lead this team the way Steve Rogers leads the Avengers. Okay. I like it. However, I'm going a different direction. Okay. So that's good. I think uh, yeah, when I think of Captain America, I feel like he's obviously a pivotal part of, of what the group does, and the, the team just wouldn't be the same without him. However, I also feel like there's just a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily call him their most like their favorite character on the Avengers. I know that I'm sure there's plenty of them who would, but by and large, when you if you ask like the national public, name an Avenger, Captain America is probably not going to be the first one out of their mouth. He might be the second or third. And I feel like when the if if you talk to the 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 great public, the NFL watching viewership, to name a Buccaneers player, this name would be probably third in the list somewhere, second or third maybe. I feel like guys like Gerald McCoy and James Winston are probably going to come out first. But unlike Gerald McCoy and Jameis Winston, only this guy is actually a captain, and it's Levante David. I, I had feel a feeling like, you were going there. 
Yeah, because without Levante, like this thing just doesn't really seem. I don't really feel like this thing goes. Like when you need, there's like a crucial moment where you really need one of these guys to step up. It's usually going to be Levante, and I feel like Captain America in his in his series history has kind of been that guy. Like he's not really he doesn't need to be the forefront of every single you know part of of the movie and every single segment in every single Avengers movie itself. But when the when the chips are down, usually he's got something to do with kind of the ultimate moment uh the crux i don't know if that's the right word but i feel like that's the word i want to use of of the story so yeah levante that's captain america and he actually wears a c so i win yeah well i mean we're not we're not going to get into the discussion of why Jameis didn't have the c i think that was kind of a um manipulative setup by the coaching staff i could be wrong just kind of my feeling did you say loki well played, sir. All right. Well, that brings us to my personal favorite Avenger. Uh-huh. Um, one that has I have a, a personal emotional attachment to, and, and I'm not going to go into a deep dive of a story. I will just say that, you know, my wife and my very first date was to go see the original Iron Man movie. So he's always been my favorite. I followed his story along with Lindsay through through our basically our entire relationship together so i went first on captain america which means i'm going to kick it over to you to hear your thoughts on who is iron man slash tony stark iron man is Jameis winston i was i was going to drag it out and try to do the same thing i do with captain america but i'm just going to throw it out it's Jameis winston i don't think i like that he's got the flash he's got the hardware right he's got the heisman he's the sexy name everybody knows him the cameras are always around him He's got a little bit of a reputation. Um, however, in behind the scenes, he's committed to only one. And there's a softer side to him that the public is only just starting to get to know. Just like with Tony Stark in the, in the most recent versions of the movies where you really kind of see his dedication uh, to Pepper kind of get locked in and sealed down uh, the way that it needs to be in order to allow him to be the hero that he needs to become. And he's not a captain. So, James Winston. Plus, sometimes, I mean, he shoots like indiscriminately sometimes. Like sometimes Tony Stark does something, Iron Man does something. We're like, oh, I see, I see the point of what you're doing here. I see why you fired that missile or that laser or whatever in that direction. And sometimes he does stuff and you're just going, Tony, bro, what what's what's the plan here, buddy? And uh that that, that definitely reminds me of Jameis. All right. I guess I guess I can buy into that. I I didn't like the initial pick, but I'll I'll buy into it. Now I'm I'm going out on a limb on this one because I'm I'm making this pick from the way that I feel somebody may actually be, even though we have no evidence of this whatsoever. I feel that with with Iron Man with Tony Stark, he's kind of the sarcastic, you know, smart aleck kind of guy. He throws in his little jabs here and there. He's ridiculously super brilliant. But he's going to poke at you and bug you. He's going to think that he is superior. He likes his his flashy toys. Um, you know, as you said, he he kind of he kind of likes the ladies and and he he's that that lady killer reputation. But to me, it's about the the sarcasm, the humor, the intelligence, the flash. And to me, I just get that feeling that that's OJ Howard. I could see OJ Howard being that kind of guy that likes the the expensive toys, the 
you know, the guy in practice that's cutting up and making you laugh, but he's also going to be a a sarcastic, smart aleck and and kind of jab at you in good fun. And he's he's going to he's going to beat you know, the opponent anyway with his football IQ. So when I when I started thinking about this uh, a few minutes ago, when we decided that this was the episode we were going to do this on, I was having trouble figuring out which which Buccaneer. Iron Man was going to be. And then it just kind of clicked. I was like, you know what? I could see OJ Howard embodying so many of those characteristics that that's just, that's the fit that I like there. Yeah. I like it. Um, and, and I think it helps too, that even though they're, they're teammates, your Iron Man, OJ Howard and my Captain America, Levante David can play opposite sides of the ball sometimes. Oh, good call. I like that. Boom. Look at you tying things together. <laughs> that brings us to your favorite Avenger, yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah. Love Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the problem with Hawkeye. He again, he's he's going to be kind of the smart Alec, but he's also down to earth. The thing that the the power that he has that makes him special, that makes him a part of the Avengers, is his vision. You know, he can hit any target from any distance because of his because of his sight. Now we got a glimpse into Hawkeye's home life. I can't remember. I want to say it was it was one of the Avengers. I think it was Age of Ultron where they went back to Clint Hawkeye, Clint's house, you met his wife, you met his child, his wife was pregnant with another child. So he's this he's this superhero amazing vision, but also has the home life. And you see the love that he has for his wife. You see the love that he has for his child and he keeps them hidden away and safe. So you have, you have that total package, the superhero and the the family man. And I'm going to lean Mike Evans on this one. Mike Evans you know, has the vision, has the, the wherewithal of how to beat his opponent one-on-one. There aren't too many, if any, corners in the NFL that can beat him one-on-one. Then you see his home life. You see him out with his wife. He has his, his daughters. He's a family man. He loves spending time with them. He loves being around them. And, and I see both sides of this character relating perfectly with Mike Evans. And I know you're going to hate that pick because you hate Hawkeye, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when I think of Hawkeye, I think of a guy who was supposed to be a very supposedly part of the reason the team was going to be successful, but just just fails to deliver. And you know what? I'm willing to give him another shot. And it seems like the people running the show and calling the shots are willing to give him another shot. I just don't know if he's going to be able to deliver. I hope he does because I told you I like the guy, right? I like the actor and I like the person. However, just I, I just haven't seen it produce on the on the film, and that reminds me of Ronald Jones. Okay. So Rojo is my Hawkeye because I like the idea of him. And what he's supposed to bring to the team, we just haven't seen it yet. However, the people who, like I said, they make those decisions, they they put the script in place, they give everybody their roles. They believe Rojo can be what everybody hoped he could be. 
And uh, so I have confidence that, that that can happen. We can turn this thing around. But I will never, ever forgive him for betraying Colin Farrell and SWAT. Nobody likes Colin Farrell. You I give him bonus points for betraying Colin Farrell. Okay. Huh. Anyway, I didn't hate that as much as I thought I was going to. Nice. See, I win. All right. Well, that brings us to our next one. My least favorite Avenger. But you get to go first on this one. And that is Black Widow. And I say my least favorite, not because of the actress, but because she brings nothing. But I digress. Over to you. Who is who is your Black Widow? Uh, my Black Widow is going to be largely based off of you. I mean, this person does a lot of the dirty work and is always around the action and is always contributing to the team's success, is never really part of the failure or the struggles that the team experiences and just doesn't get enough love probably from people like you. It's Ali Marpet. Yeah. I could not hate that comparison more. <laughs> I, I really couldn't. Well, who's your, who, who's your, who, who, which Buccaneer do you hate James? I, uh, okay. I don't hate any of the Buccaneers. Well, whoever you're going to compare to the, this character you hate because you hate this character. No, I hate that she's considered a superhero when she's not. She does her kung fu kicks and she's great at being a spy, but she belongs as a member of the Agents of Shield more than with superheroes. Okay. She's if she like was the Marvel version of Batman, except Batman is supposed to be like the marquee character for his brand. I would say Iron Man is more like Batman than Black Widow because you have the rich functionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that, I, but I'm just saying, you talk about kung fu kicks and not a whole lot more. That's Batman. I mean, if she was the lead character on Marvel's Agents of Shield instead of Quake, I'm all in because I love Quake. She's awesome, but she actually has a superpower. Black Widow does not. So I I look at Black Widow kind of the same way that you look at Hawkeye. Good idea in theory. Just doesn't live up to what you believe they should be so far all we see from from black widow is fantastic martial artist good at being a spy can change her her look pretty easily but when you're fighting somebody like thanos or loki or ultron she's really not bringing much to the table so i look at it and i see the bucks going up against enemies like the Falcons and the Saints and the Panthers and, and whoever else is on the schedule. And I look at somebody like Justin Watson. Now, I like Justin Watson. I, I like Black Widow. I just don't think she's a superhero. But it was a good idea in theory to bring in, you know, this, this receiver, add him to a solid receiving core. But he didn't really add anything. He didn't really do anything. So. You know, I'm sure he's great to be around. I'm sure he has his his moments in in practice or in training camp or in the locker room. But I'm for the fight. Really not going to do anything. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, I like yours better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take that as a W. All right. So our next our next one. Hoo-hoo, this is going to be an interesting one. Next up is Hulk, who seems like 
such a mild-mannered person. But as soon as you really start to make them mad, they become three times larger than normal and will beat the ever-loving snot out of you. And I have two here, and I know the obvious one, and I'm not going to go with that one. I'm going to go with the person that you called Black Widow, and I'm going with Ali Marpet because we see him on Hard Knocks playing his ukulele, and we see him or we hear him on on his on his show with Donovan Smith, and we've heard him on the radio, and he's such a mild mannered dude, and just you know, kind of loves everybody. And then the whistle blows, and he's knocking guys in front of him out. That to me is is everything that the Hulk is. You love to hang out with him at a party, but as soon as you make him mad, he's going to absolutely dominate you. So I, I Bruce Banner, Incredible Hulk. That's Ali Marpet to me. Yeah, that's that's a good one actually. Um, I'm gonna go probably what the obvious route is. I'm going with Ryan Jensen. Uh, that yep, <laughs> that, yeah. that was I it. Mean, the dude's big. He's he's an intelligent dude. I mean, we had him on the show. We talked to him for a little while and. You know he's he's a smart guy. He, he's he's down to earth, uh, like like uh, Bruce Banner is. And then you know you piss him off, and he just goes crazy sometimes. And sometimes it hurts the team, but for the most part, I think it helps the team. And if anything, it gives them that little bit of uh, unpredictable edge that they need, and that you uh, you enjoy seeing every once in a while. So yeah, it, it may be the obvious choice, but I don't care. I'm going to Ryan Jensen. All right. Well, then we're gonna kick it over to you for our next superhero. And that is the lovable Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Now, did you know that Paul Rudd just turned 50 years old? Yeah, that's crazy. He looks younger than me. Yeah, I would not have thought that he was that old. So Ant-Man is an interesting guy. Again, he doesn't have any superpowers, but he has that super suit where he can shrink down itty-bitty the size of an ant, or he can be humongous and splashing out of the water or throwing airplanes out of the sky. Um so who's who's Ant-Man to you? So to me, Ant-Man is is a guy who is somewhat new to the mix, really, if you think about it, but really just kind of fit in from from the word go. Like as, as soon as I don't know, like as soon as I heard Ant-Man was was being made into a movie and then I heard it was Paul Rudd, I was like, oh, that just fits. And then seeing it actually get incorporated on the screen and then in the Civil War and then the latest version, Ant-Man, the Wasp, like. That it's it's just a good fit and it, and it works. However, it had he hasn't peaked yet. Like you, you feel like there's still more for Ant Man, and I feel like in Endgame we're going to see a little bit more come out of the Ant Man character. I think that you know I, he's probably not going to become you know one of the one of the top five guys or one of the top three guys on the team necessarily. You're still going to have guys kind of ahead of him on the national stage and and all that. But I think he's going to become much more of a contributor in this next movie. And I feel like this guy is going to become much more of a contributor and a more routine part of the team, uh, a routine part of the Buccaneers. That's Chris Godwin. Um, the dude is solid. He's only been around for a little bit. If, if you really think about the kind of the, the nucleus of this team, he's still one of the he's kind of in the middle. He's not one of the older pieces like Mike Evans, but he's not one of the newest pieces, you know, like Vita Vea. So he's he's kind of a, of a tweener there. But. He's already shown the ability to have solid contributions to the team and coming into this next season, obviously there's there's some hope and some expectation that he'll be able to kick it up a notch and not become, you know, the new Mike Evans or replace Jameis Winston, you know, as far as popularity is concerned, but definitely a guy that a lot of people will be able to pay attention to. And when you bring his name up, 
they'll they'll look at you and, and kind of nod along and say, yeah, that, that dude's a it's a solid contributor. So Chris Godwin. All right. What I think Ant Man, and I've just realized that I've yet to to pick a defensive player. But when I think Ant Man, I think his ability to change his size gives him such a huge advantage. So I was thinking about it, and I realized that there have been numerous times that we've seen somebody disappear into a pile of players and somehow pop out on the other side as if he teleported. I'm going with Peyton Barber because Peyton Barber, as I said, he will he will run into this gigantic clog of six and a half foot, 300 pound men. And you're like, all right, well, that gained a yard. And then all of a sudden he just kind of squeaks out and pops out on the other side and gains four or five more yards. And you're like, well, obviously he shrunk down to the size of an ant, avoided everybody's <laughs> feet, and then grew back to normal size on the other side of the pile to gain those extra yards. That's that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like it. I like it. We're good. All right. So that brings us to the, I believe the correct terminology is demigod. Uh, Thor, god of thunder, has a hammer with lightning, all that good fun stuff. He is for lack of a better term, a freak. He is not of this planet. He is not of this earth. He's a god in another realm. That's who he is. The dude came to earth. He met Natalie Portman, decided to stay. I don't blame him. And then he joined up with some superheroes. And here we are. So I think of the strength, the freakish ability, and just the overall aura of Thor. Now, I'm not going to judge the looks of of Buccaneers players, but if you ask female Marvel fans, they will tell you that they find Thor very attractive. That's not what I'm basing this on. I'm basing this on the fact that there is a player that has a freakish athletic ability. He is able to be around the ball no matter where he is lined up and where the ball ends up. He is there. When you need a crucial play, if you need a turnover, if you need a forced fumble or an interception, it seems like if this guy doesn't get it, nobody else can because nobody else is on his level. And that's Levante David. Levante David is the Buccaneers Thor because of his freakish abilities that sometimes seem out of this world. That's that's what he has done with his career. So to me, the best parallel for Thor is Levante David. So we all know that in the last movie, uh, it didn't end very well. And as, as we also know, in the last season, it didn't end well for the heroes in the story. Right. So when I think of Thor, I think of a guy who is is very vital to the success of the team not known as the cockiest member of the team, but he does have a cocky streak to him. And you can kind of see that ability to become kind of known as the out front, more, more showy type of, of leader than, than maybe he's given credit for. And, and, and as we saw in the last movie that when he's taken out of commission due to an injury of sorts, that the team struggles and that it, it kind of shows when in his absence, just how important he is to the team, even though, Nobody would, I don't think anybody would ever go on record as saying Thor is not important to the Avengers. But seeing him out of action there for, for that time that he was out uh, in, the, in the last movie really showed just how valuable he was because that's really when things kind of started to turn south quicker or more, more south, I guess, quicker than they already were. And 
getting him back is just, is just going to be crucial in this in this next movie. And uh, just like Thor, and just like that scenario, OJ Howard, you know, when he when he left the Buccaneers last year, things weren't going great already, but things definitely got worse without him. And I think that what it shows is that while he's not the main guy, he's definitely a valuable part, and getting him back for this next season is going to be huge for the team. All right. All right. I like it. Well, David, that brings us to our final character. The one, the only, Thanos. And you get to go first, so let's see how you spin this one, buddy. Thanos? Thanos. Is Sean Payton. (laughs) Because he's cockier than he should be. However, (laughs) he is pretty good at what he does. But he's he's not as good by himself as he seems to think that he is, and what he really needs to make his his plan go is a whole lot of gems dressed in gold. I love what you did. <laughs> However, you broke the rules. I don't care. You it's have fair. to pick a Buccaneer player or staff member. There's no, but there's no, there's no Thanos on the Buccaneers. Because Thanos is evil and we don't like him. Okay. Here's Thanos. If you're going to force me, are you forcing me for the record to pick a current Buccaneer? Tell you what, I will go ahead and give mine because I followed the rules. (laughs) And then you can give yours afterwards. Have mine if you're really going to force me to pick a buck, but that's fine. You go first and then I'll come back with mine. Is yours a player or a staff member? Staff member. Okay. Then you have to wait because mine is too. Here's the thing about Thanos. Yes, we view him as the bad guy. However, evil is a point of view. What Thanos is doing, he doesn't believe is evil. He believes that it is necessary for the growth and prosperity for those that survive the snap. It's that whole to reference my my Star Wars weekend, from a certain point of view, what Thanos is doing is evil. But from another point of view, what Thanos is doing is expanding the longevity of the galaxy by not having it overpopulated and have its natural resources drained faster than they should be that will wipe out all living beings. So when I look at that, And I look at Thanos not as a bad guy, but as somebody with a plan that some people do understand, but some people don't understand. I think of Jason Light. Now, before you jump all over me, we all know that I love Jason Light. I think he's arguably the best GM that the Bucks have have had. You know, yes, he has some draft misses. Yes, he has some free agency misses, but he has some incredible finds. He has some incredible picks. There's a plan there. Now, whether you personally like it or understand it makes you believe that Jason Light is the bad guy or the bad GM from your particular point of view. But there is a plan there. And if laid out properly and coached by a, I don't know, competent coaching staff like they finally have now that plan will come together and will lead to success just like thanos ultimate plan 
was to lead to the success of all living beings by having to sacrifice some. Take a look at, I don't know, Jason Light wants the success of the Buccaneers, and it may cause you to sacrifice some of your favorite players, i.e. Quan Alexander, Gerald McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. There's still a plan there. You may not like it, but in the long run, it may be what's best. I see where you're going with that, but I, I don't I don't like that pick because oh, oh, okay. okay. Jason's been part of the team. He he's been here. Thanos was a guy who was in the same universe, but he was on the peripheral until this last movie. He's a guy that everybody knew about and kind of you could always kind of sense that there was there was there was a there was a day coming where they were all going to be in the same place at the same time. And when it happened, there was a lot of excitement. Like everybody really wanted to see how this was going to turn out. But then once it actually happened and, and everybody met, like you kind of said, a lot of those favorite cast members disappeared. Your Quans, your Adam Humphreys, Deshaun Jackson, so on and so forth. And some people were okay with it. Some people were upset by it. But at the end of the day, like you said, there is a there is a master plan. And I think moving forward, as we see that master plan kind of take shape, you're also going to see the arrival of some new characters like your Captain Marvel. And you're also going to see the emergence of some guys who have, again, been in the universe, but maybe haven't really stepped up to the forefront until now. And they're going to kind of step up in this new new time under Bruce Arians. If you're going to force me to pick a buck, it's going to be Bruce Arians. I almost went Bruce, but my counter to that is Thanos has been involved since I think his first appearance was in the original Avengers. I said he's been on the peripheral. He's been he's always kind of been in there, and that's what I'm saying. Like Bruce Aarons, he's been, been he's been universe. pulling he's strings. League. How do you know Bruce Aarons? Bruce Aarons has known James Winston since he was in ninth grade or nine years old. Okay, which, that's fair. There was a nine involved. First of all, this is all fictional anyway. So don't come at me with that. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, Bruce was my other choice. I just I, I felt Jason Jason was the better play there, but I'll I'll take it. And of course, we're picking Thanos from a sympathetic point of view, not a bad guy point of view. I'm picking Sean Payton from a bad guy point of view. Okay. Well, bad guy point of view. Sean is much, much shorter. Bad guy point of view. Give me dirt cutter. Wow. He walked in the door. He snapped his fingers and the team sucked. That's, that's oh, what happened. man. Shots fired. It's not it's not my fault. He decided to go back to Atlanta. He brought this on himself. Uh, I suppose. But anyway, we are out of time. So this has been a lot of fun. I've I've enjoyed this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. David, if you could snap your fingers and make one player in the NFL disappear, who is it? Yeah, you have to understand. I'm not. I'm not like a hateful person. So uh, it's gonna be Tom Brady because I don't know. Let somebody else win something. Okay. Yeah, like, I was happy. Like I'm a huge LeBron fan, but I was actually really happy that the Lakers didn't make the playoffs because I would really like to see it get back to where teams have the opportunity to build teams. I'm not. I'm all for. I don't want to go off on this tangent, but I'm all for players having more control and having the ability to play with guys that they want to play with and so on and so forth. But I feel like the NBA has gone too far into the direction of 
players are building their own squads and there's just year after year after year after year to same key players. And I know the Warriors are there, but at least without LeBron, you have that. So there's the opportunity for other players like, I don't know, Nicole, or, uh, like Jokic out in Denver or somebody else. Um, and then the East obviously is wide open because there's no Cleveland Cavaliers. There's no LeBron in the East. So for that reason, that's who I would have disappear because he's got enough rings, got enough jewelry. Uh, go enjoy your supermodel life with your supermodel family and, I don't know, drink Mai Tais in the Caribbean or something. Okay. That was a good answer, but it was the I wrong one. I know who one. you're going to say. Who am I going to say? You're going to say Cam Newton. You're darn right I am. Make him go away forever. Anyway, that will do it for this episode. Please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. If you have some Buccaneers players or staff members that you would like to compare to the Avengers, go ahead and send us your picks and tell us why we were wrong. While you're at it, go ahead and hop onto iTunes. Give us a little five-star review. It really helps other Buccaneers be able to, Buccaneers fans be able to find our podcast and David I didn't tell you this when I was at celebration met quite a few uh Tampa fans a couple of them listen to our show so we appreciate that please make sure you check out the locked on NFL mock draft we went every every locked on team got to pick for the squad that they represent and it has been broken up into a few episodes to make sure that it stays in the time constraints but check that out a lot of work went into that it was a lot of fun things didn't go exactly the way we planned but we had a blast doing it make sure you follow along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at dh82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have a safe wonderful and enjoyable day and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Box.